0: Welcome to Emergy Presents, inspirational journeys of the best minds, where we delve into the personal and professional lives of accomplished senior executives and the influence of current times. Each episode features an in-depth conversation with a top executive and professional from a diverse range of industries, backgrounds, and experiences, revealing their unique story and journey to success, their challenges, and the valuable lessons they've learned along the way. Today, we are thrilled to have Jun Boo, the head of Asia, Business at LinkedIn sales solutions with over 20 years of experience in consulting and corporate leadership roles June is a passionate strategist and a business developer. She excels in building and nurturing teams, while also imparting her knowledge to the next generation June's expertise lies in strategic planning and implementation drawing insights and spotlighting critical aspects of any opportunity or challenge. Her leadership experience in both projects and sales function has honed her skills in multiple areas, including project and team management. What sets her apart is her love for interacting and building relationships, creating synergies and developing the best of breed solutions for customers and businesses. Welcome to our podcast, June. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks, Rhea. It's a pleasure to be here today. So I'm just going to jump right into our conversation, and you know, take start from the very beginning. So, one of the first questions I have for you is, what was it that you wanted to be as a kid, and how did it start? You know, start you in your career.
1: Uh, surprisingly, when I recollect what the first thing that I thought about um, when I want to be as a kid was a police woman. <laughs> Yeah. I I, I love the uniforms. I think I I thought they look really smart. So everything was all about aesthetics and authority. But I think as I understood, I think when the question, truly the question of what do you want to be when you grow up? um, I honestly have to say that I didn't have an idea. Yeah. So so for me, it was all about trying to explore and find the right things to do. Because um, in Singapore, um, if you have been brought up here, In my generation, um, very often your parents were asked to do three things. You either be a doctor, an accountant, or an engineer. And um, eventually I became the accountant, uh, or rather (laughs) I was trained as an accountant, but I never became an accountant. So I I think that, yeah, sometimes what you dream of may not be what you come to and it's always good to keep your options open.
0: Wow, I can relate to the... Um, aspect when, you know, your, what your parents expect you to be between those three buckets. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what's something surprising you've learned about yourself over the years? Anything that struck you?
1: Um, I have to say uh, it was the resilience, as well as the perseverance that I can be. Um, you know, there's this uh, saying around, it's like adult biting a bone. When I truly believe in something... I would refuse to give up. I would try whatever it takes until to the point of time where I've been not done several times and someone finally tells me or myself, I think after validating many options, then telling myself that, you know what, it cannot be done. So I think that's something surprisingly about myself because I I thought I was more adaptable than that, but I realized that um, when I'm passionate about something, it doesn't go away.
0: (laughs) I guess the resilience comes through. And one thing is you mentioned you were, you know, you grew up in Singapore, born and raised Mm. in Singapore. So how did that affect, you know, how you came to be or choosing your um, career journey? Um,
1: My journey, I I think growing up in Singapore can be quite different from most. When I was growing up, I was living in the Kampong. So it's just like the rural parts of Singapore before flats were being developed. I think for the area I was staying in Sambawang. Uh, and then during that during that time, uh, what I learned is the whole kampong spirit about living a community and everybody, are friends, we, we go around, we know everyone. The so relationship is a very big thing, I think, within the kampong. And then I also grew up, I think, with my family owning their own business. So my dad and my mom used to actually run an aquarium and we had two shops that we expanded and then subsequently in terms sort of uh, seafood delivery into uh, some of the restaurants and the country clubs, I think, in Singapore. And what I learned throughout that journey is that the whole entrepreneurship is about taking ownership of your own business, figuring out what needs to be done, and then just doing it, I think, instead of deliberating too much about what. And because our family was purely, I think, our revenue was came coming from the talent business. So whatever is being done is actually for the benefit of the for the prosperity of the business. So that's also something that I've actually learned throughout the way. Um, but then, um, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, you will realize that I've actually... Never been truly an entrepreneur, but I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs as well as a consultant uh, in the startup as well as in some of the SMB b scale-up organizations. So I think the journey sometimes is not based on just purely in terms of where you are growing up, but the, truly the experience that you're experiencing, I think, throughout your life, even if you have been brought in the same place. And for me, it worked out really well because subsequently I had the opportunity because of the growth that I was experiencing to move out of Singapore only in my late 20s. And since then, I've never, I've never looked back. I mean, it was about taking out every opportunity that you can get uh, the exposure that you are, I think you're I mean, receptive to, and then being with the right people at the right time. Yeah.
0: Mm. And you know, when you were starting in your early days in your career, when you were just starting off, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges you might have faced at that time? And how did you, you know, overcome that?
1: Um, I think that probably two things, one is, uh, confidence. Uh, Very often, I think I was put in a position when I was a consultant and that's probably the first part of my career. You're always in the midst of uh, your partners, the directors, who seems to know a whole lot more than you do. And uh, you're trying to be the consultant, the trusted advisor to your customers, who potentially knows more about the market than you do either. So I think one of the things that I find really challenging is how do you build the confidence to find a niche and an area that you'll be comfortable in, be authentic? And then you don't have to fake it till you make it kind of situation. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and do you remember any specific moment or experience that was like a turning point in your career or like a defining point?
1: Ah, uh, definitely. Um, for that, I say a big thank you to the partner that I was working with in Price Coopers in the Singapore office. Um, I was actually serving a notice period to move out to a franchising company to operate in China. And when I was on that notice period, he came to me two weeks down and saying that, hey, June, I have this opportunity for you to move to New York. They're looking for um, another consultant, a manager uh, who will lead on the commercial due diligence m and strategy and then bring it back from New York, I think over to Singapore so you can sign an office and a business line here. And my first question to him was that, hey, you do realize that I'm serving my notice, right? I'm actually leaving the company. And mm-hmm. he just casually laughed and said to me is that, yeah, but you're still here. And there's no, there's no harm exploring another opportunity until you, I think you leave the company. And I took his advice. I went for the interview, I went to New York. Um, I came back with a job offer. I turned down the other offers there with PwC and moved to New York City.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: So, so for me, I think what that partner have um, educated and has shared with me, which influences a lot about, I think my leadership is that mm-hmm. always think about it, which is that you're grooming and you're coaching someone, providing opportunities for their career, not for just their career and employment with the company, but for their career development as a professional. And that will give you the more long-term view of the talent you're, you're trying to, I think you're trying to groom for that and trying to nurture for the next generation.
0: I think you've led me into my next question on leadership itself by answering that. Um, But apart from this kind of, you know, experience that you've gone through, any other important leadership lessons that you've kind of learned? Maybe just mostly in your current role at LinkedIn, is there something that, you know, is a key takeaway for you?
1: Uh, Definitely. Um, I would say there's at least two I can share right now. Uh, One is about communication, Uh, strategic communication, knowing what to say, how much to say, to who you have to communicate to with clarity, um, and I think with the right context is really important. How you relate the same topic to an executive at the C-level versus your managers, and then down to your team, can be quite different because at each different level, you're having a different, you're trying to communicate a different sentiment, you have a different goal as to what you're trying to do. And being able to acknowledge, be clear about that and formulating a communication strategy, or if not the messages before you meet, I think the different, um, I guess, um, I guess, team members on that becomes really important. I think the second one is that um, team selling is a very big thing in LinkedIn. So we always mm-hmm. believe this, which is that when you walk, you want to walk fast, you walk alone. <laughs> if you want to actually walk really far to create sustainable business, Then you work together. So for us, I think team selling, I think the whole about working together, solution selling together with our cross-functional team, having cadences and communication and building the social interaction so that the team can foster their relationships to be high performing is also key. Yeah.
0: And just in terms of, you know, people that have helped you along the way is there would there be a person or someone who's been um, a very influential figure in your life, and how maybe he or she has impacted you in some way?
1: Um, there's many, but if I have to just call out one, uh, it will be my mother. Yeah. So uh, my mother has been, I think, the pillar for the family. She she is a mother who has taken up many many roles. So when we have the business, she was actually managing the store. She was the accountant. She was the marketeer. She was also the customer success, also not the customer, basically chief customer officer in the shop. But at the same time, she was taking care of four very different personality kids. So I have three <laughs> other siblings. Uh, we all have different education status. We have different jobs. We have different, I think, I think different um, life aspirations. So for me, is that she signifies, I think, between the strength of uh, being a female, being a mother, being a businesswoman. And at the same time, I think she also taught me saying that you can assume a lot of different roles and be successful in each, but keeping focus as to what you're trying to do and who you're trying to be. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. And what advice would you like to give, you know, to aspiring professionals or someone who's just starting out um, mm-hmm. in their corporate careers?
1: Um, I have to say this, which is. Uh, don't be afraid to fail. In fact, in your first, I would say, five to eight years of a career, try as many things as you, you can. If you fail, it is fine because it is still part of your growth journey. I think moving forward, um, figure out where you want to be after trying, failing, and succeeding. And then finally, I think, where you want to spend your time and your passion on. It is okay to fail because um, sometimes things change um, and throughout that failure, you will be learning about new things, you'll be known about new people, you'll learn more about yourself. More often, I think failures actually hit us harder than actually successes at times. And uh, when you do fail, do not take it upon yourself that it defines you as a person. That is really very important because um, I think I've been to situations uh, uh, whereby I've, I've actually encountered failures and I took it, upon myself that it was my fault. I wasn't that great. It was unsuccessful. And it has repercussions in the way you perceive yourself for well, sometimes in the next two to three years before you can finally figure out, I think with coaching and with, I think, friendships um, and other successes that comes in time. But um, it's part of, I mean, it's just part of growing up. It's just part of being, I think, better a version of yourself every day. So just focus on, I think, being better every day and failing is, is fine. Yeah.
0: And you know, given that you've had such a diverse range of experiences throughout your corporate career, um, is there something that always stands out to you as one of the most memorable moments?
1: Memorable moments? Um, (laughs) That's a very good question. I might have to pause for a while. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I will share with you one. I think when you talk about memorable moments... Um, I'm not sure what kind of story it would tell, but it's something that really strikes me, um, in my conversations, whenever I think about myself as a young leader or young manager in my early twenties, uh, the story is about me, I think walking up to see one of my franchising, I think customer. So they've made an inquiry into PwC. Uh, I was back in then back then with the strategy team in Singapore. And when I went to meet them, um, And I knocked on the door and the lady who is the owner of this fashion chain, basically brand opened the door. And she said that, um, I was like, why are you so young? And that that, it wasn't even a hello. (laughs) It was (laughs) seriously, she opened the door. She's like, you're from PwC. Why are you so young? So I, I looked at her, I said that, um, hi so-and-so, I said that uh, I think uh, we made an appointment to have a meeting today. I'm here to just try to understand your need. Uh, I know I might look young, but give me the opportunity. Let's discuss. And then you can make a call later. And uh, after which, uh, I actually met up with his nephew, who is a pretty accomplished, I think, business professional too. And we had a conversation, a a three-way conversation, I think, during the meeting itself. And eventually, when I was done with the meeting, uh, she apologised. I said, I shouldn't have judged you basically um, based on the, how you look. Um, and then that's one thing that uh, it gave me a lot of confidence, which is that if you know what you know, and you are a master, I mean, you master your role and you master basically your profession, regardless of how you look like, how diverse you are, it is fine. Yeah. So be be confident about who you are as a profession and bring that pride whenever you go going to see your customers.
0: Yeah. That's a good story. <laughs> and one last question as we wrap up the conversation mm-hmm. is, if you won the lottery and money wasn't a factor, what yes. will you do with your time? What is it? That
1: That's a question want? I wonder all the time. <laughs> can, can I win the lottery? <laughs> First of all, my husband will always say, you better buy the lottery before you want to win the lottery. That's one. But uh, if I do win the lottery, there are three things I would like to do. Uh, one is that I would like to take a sabbatical and just travel for at least a year or two to places that I would like to, to go to, um, I think go to Patagonia, go back to Galapagos, I think see the world. I mean, I'm a pretty avid traveler. I've probably been to at least 60 places, um, around the world in the last 20 odd years. Um, so that's one, uh, two, uh, I would like to set up a fund actually to be involved in some of the startups and the scale organizations. Um, it's always a, that, that segment of companies, has a, I have a soft spot for them. I, I worked in the startup scale up, I think for four years when I was in the US, which is before I joined LinkedIn. Um, I was from an entrepreneurial family business. I've seen a lot of these uh, SMB companies um, in Singapore when I was working as a consultant. And I feel that at this point in time, I probably could scale my expertise and help them. And if I have funds, I think I could also participate much more actively in their growth and expansion overseas. The third thing is that I would like to buy an island and then just build it in the way that I like to stay for my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: 60 countries is a lot and that that's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much, June, for joining us for this conversation for Inspirational Journeys of the Best Minds. It was mm-hmm. a pleasure speaking to you and we hope to hear more from your stories on LinkedIn.
1: All right, thank you. Have a great day.
0: <laughs> thank you.